rated mature audiences only. A viewer discretion is advised. Hey guys, happy Monday! Happy Monday! Did everybody catch the uh, the Trump speech uh, over this past weekend? Uh, he was speaking at the uh, North Carolina GOP convention. Uh, what a standing ovation uh, the president got. Uh, talking uh, uh, about, you know, what needs to be done and uh, almost giving a pitch uh, as if he uh, av- as he is literally running for uh, presidency again. Uh, he didn't give his... Uh, his normal speech of his uh, of his uh, accomplishments in the last four years as president basically kind of gave the uh, you know the normal uh, campaign type of uh, speech that he gave uh, prior to his presidency uh, four and a half five years ago and uh, just basically uh, said you know this is what needs to be done you know we need to have strong borders we need to uh, look at science a little bit more clear instead of relying on one person and uh, basically just kind of narrowed it down a little bit better. Um, but uh, with that being said, folks, I want to I wanna uh, go into this argument here on the show uh, relating to the, uh, the Trump speech. Um, you gotta li- you got to listen to this. Uh, it's now coming out of CNN politics that are saying that Trump advances dangerous disinformation campaign as more states move to restrict the vote. What? I mean, come on. CNN said uh, just earlier today, uh, this morning, that Donald Trump's speech uh, before the North Carolina Republican Party Saturday night was a reminder of the danger the former president possesses as he undermines America's election system while attempting to reassert himself as the kingmaker on the national stage. What? Folks, I said it time after time. We do have free speech in this country. Doesn't matter if you're a political figure, a public figure, a celebrity, a movie star, a comedian, a podcast host, a radio host, any anybody in, in, in the public spotlight, right? Even including Donald Trump. If Donald Trump wants to uh, reassess the previous election back in November of last year, that's his, that's his God-given right. That's his First Amendment right, free speech. It's still alive in this country, and it's part of the uh, Bill of Rights, folks. So, you know, his address to the party faithful was a familiar skirt to anyone who turned into his 2020 campaign rallies. And then it goes to say that he attacked President Joe Biden's foreign policy maneuvers. (laughs) Okay, Uh, what is Joe doing right now with his former policies? Uh, not a damn thing. Also claimed last night that Biden is destroying the economy, which he is, insisted that he deserves more credit for the rapid development of the COVID-19 um, pandemic uh, uh, vaccines, which literally uh, 
uh, in my aspect, and I can agree with the president on this, uh, the radical left and the cancel culture are destroying America's freedoms when it comes to pushing this vaccine. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I totally agree with the, uh, the president. Totally agree with the president. The president is right on a lot of different angles. A lot of different angles. So, with that being said here, guys, I want to... Um, I want to plug into the show uh, a soundbite uh, from President Trump uh, just last night. Check this out, guys. So as we're waiting for the sound clip, guys, you got to listen to this. This is the president of the United States, former president of the United States, giving his uh, his speech at the North Carolina uh, Republican uh, convention. Okay, and then, of course, you're going to hear, you know, crooked CNN, you know, going into their gossip here. Of uh, now they're saying uh, return to the stump. Uh, Trump dwells on the 2020 election and the first speech in months. Uh, listen, listen to this co- this stuff here. This is the, of course they're gonna they're gonna bash him. They've been doing it for the last five years now. Listen to this. About everything the Biden administration has done so far, and yes, at points he obsessed on the outcome of the 2020 election, which he called the crime of the century. He lost that election. And then he began to do a lot of what seemed to be reframing over what many perceived to be his administration's greatest failure, which was the handling of the pandemic. The former president took credit, of course, for the vaccine, but he ignored the fact that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Americans died under his watch. He blasted Dr. Anthony Fauci, saying that he was not a good doctor, but he was a great promoter. And then he demanded money from China for the coronavirus. Here's that moment. But Fauci has perhaps never been more wrong than when he denied the virus and where it came from. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. We should all declare within one unified voice that China must pay. I totally agree. They have to pay. They have to pay. And so does Fauci. Dr. Fauci has to pay as well, too. Fauci, excuse me. Like I said, I can never pronounce his last damn last name right. Dr. Fauci and China has to pay for this this COVID pandemic. Uh, A lot of misinformation. And Trump was right. Not only should Anthony Fauci be removed and fired from his role as CDC uh, head man of the CDC, he should be sent to prison, not only for misinforming the citizens of this country, but did you notice that that anchor there on CNN said uh, under Trump's watch, a lot of people died? Uh, No, he closed down the country from travelers coming in from uh, possibly where this uh, this virus could have came from, its origins. He closed down the, the country, you, you, you nitwit. So how is all these deaths last year prior to Biden coming into uh, presidency, how is it Trump's fault? Trump was just uh, uh, taking medical advice from Dr. Fauci, Dr. Frodsky, I, I call him. He was taking advice from Dr. Frodsky. And then shortly after that, Trump had other advisors saying things, 
even got to listen to Dr. Burks, right? So was Trump in the right state of mind of uh, firing uh, Dr. Fraudsky uh, from his administration last year? Absolutely. 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 Broadcasting from the big peach of Atlanta, Georgia. A show unfiltered, unscripted, raw. The Patriot Angle Podcast. destroyed before our very own eyes. Crime is exploding. Police departments are being ripped apart and defunded. Can you believe that? Defund our... Is that good politics? Defund our police? Number one, it's bad for our country, but think of it. Defund our police. You know, I've long said they're poly... They're vicious. They're violent. They, in many cases, hate our country. And they have bad policy. Now, the bad news from our standpoint... They stick together. They don't have some of the people like we have where they go on their own and they do what they have to. They stick together. And that's the one thing they have. They stick together. But their policy is so bad. And uh, we're going to have a tremendous 2022, just like we did, frankly, 2020. Think of it. More votes than any sitting president in the history of the United States by far. We had a great election. Bad things happened, but we had a great election. But but they're starting to heal. The media, the Democrats, and the so-called experts are now finally admitting what I first said 13 months ago. The evidence demonstrates that the virus originated in a Chinese government lab. Couldn't say it. You couldn't say it. And Dr. Fauci, who I actually got along with, he's a nice guy. He's a great promoter, you know? Not a great doctor, but he's a hell of a promoter. He likes television more than any politician in this room. And they like television. But he's been wrong on almost every issue. And he was wrong on Wuhan and the lab also, very wrong. And we ended the payments. You know, they were started in 2014. And then uh, I can tell you, Mark Meadows came in and I talked to him and he saw what I saw and I said, what the hell's going on? When did that start? It started in 2014, and we ended it. Our administration ended it. But generally speaking, I went the opposite way of Dr. Fauci, what he was saying. For instance, Fauci said, do not close our borders to China or Europe. But I did it anyway. And months later, he said I made the right decision and saved thousands and thousands of lives. He said it was the right decision, but he did not want to close that border. I said, wait a minute, there's tremendous infection over there. We can't let this happen. And we closed it. And I think we saved hundreds of thousands of lives. You remember the number was 2.2 million people in our country who were expected to die. Fauci said powerfully at the beginning, no masks. You remember that? No, masks don't work, masks don't. And then he went into masks, and then he became a radical masker. I would call it, <laughs> if you have three, if you have four, get a pair of goggles also, ideally. And let's wear them for another five or six years. And But Fauci has perhaps never been more wrong than when he 
denied the virus and where it came from. The time has come for America and the world to demand reparations and accountability from the Communist Party of China. You know, guys, I couldn't agree. That's the president here you just heard uh, speaking last night um, at the uh, North Carolina GOP convention. Awesome, honorable type of speech by this uh, by this president. Uh, got into uh, the Fauci uh, story, uh, the emails, the uh, the China virus, the pandemic, the masking. He got into a lot of different types of topic. And uh, folks, are, are we seeing a potential potential um, presidential run uh, for Donald Trump in 2024? Could we? Could we see Trump? Running for president in 2024 and winning. God willing, guys. God willing, we need him back more than ever. We need him back more than ever. Hey, folks. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Happy Monday for everybody. I hope everybody had a great and pleasant weekend. Um, I know I said I wasn't going to do a show today, but... I decided to come on the airways here and give you the Monday uh, podcast here, the scheduled Monday podcast. Uh, yes, we are still doing a Instagram live tomorrow, so check us out on Instagram. Uh, pop open the uh, the channel if you like to listen in. If not, it's okay. Uh, but don't you worry. If you missed the Instagram live uh, we will have that formatted into the audio version later that evening. So check us out on Instagram, Patriot Angle Podcast Instagram page. Uh, we did a Facebook Live last week, which was a good show. Really, really good show. High turnout for that show. Good ratings on that show. It was an awesome show. Awesome podcast. But uh, like I said, I hope you had a good weekend. Did anybody catch the uh, the Donald Trump speech out in North Carolina, the GOP convention? Did an awesome, awesome uh, presentation. Uh, spoke very clearly, intelligently, and didn't clam up under pressure. <laughs> if you know what I mean by that. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, there's a story earlier today. And speaking of clamming up under pressure, uh, Jen Psaki, yeah, the press secretary under Joe Biden, literally clams up when asked why Biden didn't honor D-Day. Of course, we do know that the uh, former presidents, both uh, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, uh, acknowledged and honored the anniversary of D-Day. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki deflected criticism uh, by these reporters, uh, saying, certainly... Uh, he certainly values the men who served. And then it goes on uh, with saying President Obama and Trump both honored D-Day anniversaries on D-Day. Why didn't President uh, Biden? Asked one reporter. And then Jen Psaki went into that and said basically, and I'll repeat it again, I can tell you that certainly his value for the role that men and women uh, the men, uh, you notice where she says, uh, uh, the men who served on, uh, D-Day and the memory of 
them, the families who have kept their memories alive over the course of years, is something he's spoken about many times in the past, deflected Pisaki. It's coming out of uh, Ian Miles Chiung. Uh, this was the reporter here in the White House. You gotta uh, check this out, guys. You gotta listen into this. Obama and Trump all commemorated D-Day anniversaries on D-Day, on the D-Day anniversary. Why didn't President Biden? Well, I can tell you that certainly the uh, val- his value for the role that men and uh, the men who served uh, on D-Day uh, and the memory of them, uh, the families who have uh, kept their memories uh, alive over the course of years on this day is something the president has spoke to many, many times in the past. Um, it's oh, close to his boy. heart, uh, and uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more we would have to say on it. Uh, go ahead. Obama and Trump uh, uh, we'll have to circle back on that one. We'll have to circle back on it. We'll have to circle back on it today. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, if it <laughs> if it doesn't get any nuttier, any nuttier, the tweets are going crazy, though. You got to listen to the tweets. Ian Miles Chung, the uh, reporter, uh, basically says Joe Biden hates the troops. And that's 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 true. He does. Since when does he commemorate the troops in any service or service man or woman in the military? Since when? He hasn't been to the border yet. Neither has Kamala Harris. Guys, this 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 administration's a freaking joke. It really is. He probably feels bad at not serving in World War II, but he was already 40 years old. <laughs> Coming out of another tweet. Oh, God, the tweets are coming in and in. Here's another one uh, from uh, Toronto, Canada. Her skills of dodging questions are poor and pathetic. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Another tweet coming out of uh, Seattle, Washington. She almost said the men and women who served on D-Day. Yeah, notice uh, she said that. Another one here. This is the last one. I, I, I can go on and on with these tweets because they're funny as hell. They're hilarious. They're comical. But uh, I just don't have enough time on the show to say it. Uh, last tweet here. Uh, this one actually coming out of Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. Joe Biden's greatest accomplishment will be showing Americans how great Donald Trump really was. <laughs> Kudos to you, Junior, for that. I, I I couldn't agree more on that one. That's that's nailed it right on the spot. Nailed it right on the spot. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you. But here, uh, here following that, Joe Biden faced a growing backlash on social media Monday, right? Just shortly after the uh, uh, him failing to recognize the 77th anniversary of D-Day. The Allied invasion of Europe that ultimately turned the tide during the Second War, right? The Second World War, excuse me. Uh, here's a source uh, telling Fox News that the report or the fact that F- Vice President Harris tweeted about D-Day while Biden tweeted about the 1921 Tulsa massacre on Sunday clearly underscores the administration's uh, priorities. Uh, Roughly 2,500 Americans died on D-Day. Yeah. Yeah. Where was uh, where was Kamal and Joe on that one? Where? Where? As a veteran, 
I find this very, very, very disrespectful that the president ends his speeches with God bless the troops, which now seems to be in words only. He blatantly forgot to acknowledge the tremendous sacrifice of our greatest generation. An Afghanistan and Iraq wars veteran told Fox News uh, just earlier today. Here's a tweet, guys, coming out of Vice President Kamala Harris's uh, Twitter account. On the 77th anniversary of hashtag D-Day, we honor the heroes who stormed the beaches of Normandy and liberated the continent. We will never forget their courage and sacrifice. Yeah, I I, I guess she had to put that out there because, uh, you know, her boss, uh, the big guy in the office, right, Joe Biden... Uh, forgot to acknowledge probably one of the most sacrifices of days or history in the United States military, right? I guess I I guess she had to put that out there because uh, uh, Big Joe forgot to acknowledge. Yeah, I'm telling you guys. But here's a here's another tweet. Oh, a tweet coming from President Biden. On his Twitter page, I met with survivors of the Tulsa massacre this week to help fill the silence. Because in silence, words deepen. And as painful as it is, only in remembrance do words heal. I guess that was his excuse uh, towards the whole D-Day uh, criticism. But here's a here's a video uh, relating to that tweet. Uh, this is in reference to what uh, Biden just said in his tweet. Check this out, guys. I am asking for a jet. Hold me up a little bit. Thank you. It's amazing what you've all been through. It's amazing you've stayed so strong. I think it's important. One of the reasons we're here beyond wanting to see you is that I think it's important that as President of the United States, I continue to do what I've done my whole career, speak out about it. You can't pretend it didn't happen. When you pretend it didn't happen, you don't face it. It can happen again. But when you know what happened, you can't run away from it. But we have to fight. We have to fight. And the first part of fighting is telling the truth. And that's what we want to do today. Yeah, Joe, Joe, you can't tell the truth. You can't tell the truth. That whole damn video that I just plugged into the show, that's, that's, uh, folks, these are lies. Joe, you can't tell the truth. Stop lying. Stop lying to yourself. Stop trying to build up enough self-esteem towards yourself. You can't tell the truth. Everything you say is a lie. It's been a lie for the last 40, 45 years of your political career. Seriously, Joe. Uh, You know... What kind of country, folks, are we going to be with four more years of this crazy, delusional, old man, demented? Folks, the words are just not there. What are we going to be in in four years from now with this president? Is it going to get better? I I certainly hope so. Or are we going to have a new president in 2024. I think we're going the other direction. I think we need to uh, basically have Joe step down as president in 2024, or hopefully before 2024, and give the uh, 
I'll give the job to somebody else. Because this former vice president, now president, Joe Biden, continues what is gaffy filled basement campaign uh, over the last, what are we, five months now into his presidency, five, six months? Apparently uh, warning uh, this country of the dangers possessed by a four more years of Joe Biden? Like I said, folks, what kind of country are we going to be? Folks, it's going to be a very, very, very dark uh, uh, path in the next two and a half, three years from now. Possibly four if, if he gets reelected. I, 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 I hope not. I hope not. Like I said, folks, I, I hope you tuned into my show uh, a couple episodes back about inflation. He's got this country rising of inflation. Rising of inflation. And if you think his slurry words, his mishandling of words, his speeches going off the wall... Hey folks, this show today is brought to you by our good friends at Podcorn. Podcorn, folks, is a great, great, great platform. If you're starting out in the podcast world, if you're looking to get sponsorship, if you're looking to get more viewers, head over to podcorn.com. Head over there, check them out, guys. They're an awesome, awesome way of... uh, of bringing in more viewers, bringing in more sponsorship. Just about every single day, guys, they have more and more sponsorship opportunities. All you have to do is sign up, get on the list, uh, go through their segments, and hopefully the sponsor will pick you if they like you. Uh, They have, like I said, just about every type of sponsorship angle on that platform political, science, medical, sports, small business, just about every single sponsorship on that uh, website. So head over to podcorn.com and don't forget to tell them that you heard this on the Patriot Angle podcast. Patriot Angle. Hey folks, Matt Boyle here for Breitbart News. We're in Miami, Florida. We're going to go talk to Senator Rubio about a massive swing we saw in the Hispanic vote in November 2020 towards President Trump and Republicans. We're also going to talk about corporate influence in American politics and what the Republican Party needs to do about it. Let's go see what he has to say. Senator, how are you doing? Good to see you. Senator, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Thank you for letting us come by today. Anytime. As you can see, my mom, she always loves these antiques. So as you see, we have a Captain Regal, five, the firefighters. Is that a real, Havana, a real, real thing? Yeah, Havana firefighters. firefighters and she's always getting real antiques and real stuff because it kind of rem- brings us our memory back from Cuba um, for our families and for our customers. So they, when they sit down, they, they reflect back on why we came here what the memories are, but also how blessed we are to be in this country as immigrants and and really having the American dream. I always tell people if Cuba was 90 miles from some other country, we'd be be in bad shape, you know? 
known this restaurant, you know, and your family wouldn't have done what it's been able to do. All right, folks, you're hearing a sound clip here. I'm plugging into the show uh, with Marco Rubio uh, just yesterday, folks, down in Miami, Florida. Marco Rubio is saying the shift in Hispanic vote uh, is toward the GOP under Trump, permanent unless the Republicans revert uh, to pre-Trump ways. So I I guess that's a good thing. Uh, You know, uh, Senator Marco Rubio is is also a Republican out in Florida, folks. And uh, he's, you know, he told uh, Breitbart News uh, he believes a profound shift seen in the 2020 election and the Hispanic community toward Republicans and away from Democrats will continue to intensify as long as the GOP sticks to what former President Donald Trump taught the party. Listen to more of this, guys. You got I, it's this is crazy. Check this out, guys. Like get small business into the supply chain issues, right? Because pandemic's hitting. China's we're going to see disruption. Um, how are we going to make up the supply chain losses? This is a good time to build up the capacity of small businesses. So we were already thinking about it. And then when the pandemic hit, we just kind of shifted over and, and, and created uh, this instead. We realized it was going to be a lot bigger than just supply chain. So, look, it was bipartisan. Frankly, I mean, Democrats worked with us on it at that moment in time. And I'm proud of that because they can't get anything past if it's not bipartisan. And, you know, Steve Mnuchin deserves a lot of credit. He was a big part of it. You know, other people that were helping us with it. So, um, but, but our office, I know, I know, I can take, I can, I named it. The Plate Chip Retired Program, I came up with that brand. And, uh, but, but a lot of the ideas, I mean, I, our staff deserves a lot of credit. And, and so, too, is Senator Collins and the other people that helped us with it, to be fair. You know, Senator Cardin. It was a time where I think it worked the way it was supposed to work, you know, we were thinking about people, not about politics. Right, and this is at a time at the beginning of the pandemic when the government's literally asking people to stay home. They're asking people to not go to work, uh, and so they're trying to figure out how do we get them, you know, so that they get to keep their job when we do tell them they go back. Now, the government has lifted a lot of these restrictions. People want to go back to work now across the country, but we have kind of like the inverse problem because the other big thing that the awesome... <laughs> Get this on. Oh God. Oh my. This is this is all keto, right? This is all low carb. Oh my. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A small cup. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have a little yeah. coffee. Thank you. That's perfect. Yeah. Always. Oh, what is this small cup for? I mean, this is colada. Oh, colada and then more. You got it. No, we're all set. Okay. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That works. So your point was right, right? That's what I always tell people. I had a lot of people say, "Well, why is government involved in all this?" I said, yeah. "We're telling people they can't open their business." If I tell you, if I tell you, Sergio's government wants Sergio's, we want to take over Sergio's because we need it for a public purpose. That's called a taking. We got to compensate them for it. If you tell them we have to close you because of pandemic, that's a taking. It was the equivalent of a taking in, in the way yeah. I viewed it at the time. But for me, honestly, I knew the airlines were going to get their money. All these big companies were going to get their money. But what was going to happen to these small businesses? Millions of them would have collapsed. They would have been gone forever. And it- Hispanic population. Because these are communities that are made up of people that value common sense wisdom and working class values. And that's that's what their life is built on. And those are two things that the left has completely abandoned. And you hear a lot of talk, is it about socialism? Socialism is a part of it. Socialism is a part of the common sense part of it. Like, in their mind, it's like, if I were to sort of step in the shoes of one of these folks that maybe voted for Obama in 2012, but then voted for Donald Trump in 2020, I would say, they would say to you, look, I came from a socialist country. I fled it. Why, why the hell would we do that here? It makes no sense to them. And so you see Democrats stand up and say, well, I'm not a socialist. No, you're not. You don't brand yourself as a socialist, but you support socialist things. And you support 
upon investments in companies that had links to the Chinese military. In essence, companies that are building weapons to kill Americans one day in a future conflict, God forbid. They just suspended that. The Trump administration, I mean, the, the Biden administration. So, so you've just suspended a ban on American investment flowing into companies who are designing weapons to blow up our aircraft carriers. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree, guys. I, you know, as you can see, I'm, you know, I skipped through a couple of parts, some really good key parts, key points that uh, that Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, was was saying, you know, it with this uh, small business owner here, uh, there in uh, Miami, Florida. You know, when you close, and and he did make a good point, a valuable point, of what they were doing during the pandemic, folks. Let me tell you something with this pandemic here. He just mentioned something, and and he makes a good, valuable point. When you close a restaurant, a small business, an establishment, anything, okay, and says, say, we have to close this business down because of uh, the pandemic. Folks, that's a taking. You have to compensate when you close a business down, right? And we've seen a lot of businesses close down. In reference to the pandemic. And like I said, folks, these are communities made up of people, like Rubio had said, that value common sense, wisdom, and working class values. Okay? Miami, folks, is mainly a 90%, almost 100% Hispanic uh, 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 region of Florida. Very, very uh, made up of Hispanic uh, 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 people that live in the Miami area. And they value not only working class values, but they value hard working values. And I think that's why Trump got the support by the uh, by the Hispanic uh, co- community there in Miami. And if it continues... Uh, if Biden continues these crazy scenarios of high tax, uh, socialism type of uh, agendas with the taking and closing businesses down, I think the majority of the Hispanic voters in Miami, folks, uh, will swing significantly to Trump if Trump is, uh, God willing, uh, serious about running in 2024. I think the Hispanic voters will swing uh, significantly to Trump in the next coming years, uh, especially a trend that we've seen in 2020 was also seen in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. If anybody's been paying close attention to that, uh, Trump got a large margin of uh, Hispanic voters, uh, especially in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. Big, big, big supporter of Trump there. Um, but folks, that's what their life is built on. Those two things, working class values and common sense wisdom. The two key point uh, things that the left has abandoned over the years. Folks, you hear a lot of people talk about whether it's socialism. But folks, I think socialism is part of it, of what we're seeing today. Socialism is a big part of of the common sense part of it. And people are starting to see that in their mind. If I were to step in their shoes of someone who maybe voted for Obama in the 2012 uh, era of his presidency, 
then voted for Donald Trump in 2020, they would say to you, look, I came from a socialist country. I fled it. Why the hell would we do that here? It makes no sense to them. A lot of stuff that the radical left Democratic Party is doing today does not make sense. They're trying to influence socialism in this country and people that fled socialism, mainly in parts of like Cuba, Havana and other areas of Cuba, they fled socialism. So if they fled socialism, why would they back the same agendas from this radical left that their government proposed in the first place? It doesn't make sense, folks. It doesn't make sense. I'm not a socialist, and you shouldn't be either, folks. With that being said, we're going to take another quick little break, and we'll be right back after these words on this story. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, this episode today is sponsored by the Bracelet Man. Handmade, personalized paracord bracelets specializing in military, police, fire, your name personalized even, or even your company or school. He also honors those who serve in the military. And if you're looking to get one of these bracelets to have it personalized, maybe for a, uh, a wedding or a special evening, contact them at 706-457-7528. Again, it's 706-457-7528. It's located at Atlanta Highway in Rutledge, Georgia. You can also contact them on his Facebook page, The Bracelet Man, or his email at roscoe.0149 at gmail.com. The Bracelet Man. Check him out on his Facebook page. Again, The Bracelet Man, located in Rutledge, Georgia. Right, folks we're back to the show uh last uh last time out last uh <laughs> last uh advertisement break there i promise uh because we're we're running low on the show here we're almost uh we're almost out of time uh so we're going to be closing up uh on this last segment here on the uh patriot angle podcast uh what we're talking about folks all right folks what we're talking about here is this story here as i'm going to close it up on the show i want to back more into brief on it uh basically folks we're talking about um how rubio was down uh in miami an hispanic community mainly made up of a lot of hispanic uh, people that live in that area uh so basically like i said folks it doesn't make sense why the biden administration is like they're not saying it they're not saying socialism but you know the stuff that comes out of their mouths the agendas the 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 messaging everything that comes out of their mouths is basically damn right almost on the same path as in a socialist uh, uh agenda uh, very close to uh socialism of uh Havana Cuba you know it, it it's 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 very close to it that's why people fled Cuba folks in Miami in the 60s and 70s right when Castro was running 
craziness of uh, of of Cuba then. So, like I said, folks, it doesn't make sense why people would flee a country that had high stakes of socialism to come to another country that's invoking socialism. It doesn't make sense. You're, you know, if the Democrats want the Hispanic base, they they better get off this uh, socialist agenda. Or uh, you're not going to see a Democratic president in 2024, I can tell you right now. And tell you right now, folks. If they continue this type of crap in this country, they're going to lose their Hispanic base uh, for their voters. They, they are. Because no one in their right mind will vote for that. They won't vote for that. They won't vote for stimulus checks. They won't vote for high taxes. They won't vote for open borders, high crime, drugs. They won't vote for that. They won't vote for riots. They won't vote for uh, for looters. They won't vote for uh, for injustice. They won't vote for uh, unpeaceful protesting. They won't vote for any of that. Everything that you've seen from as early as last year up until current time now, you're not going to get. Uh, a yes or a vote from a common sense and Hispanic. You're not. The common sense ones, they won't back it. They won't support it, folks. I'm telling you. You take that to the bank. They will not support that. You know, I want to go into this last segment here that Rubio added that this shift will be as permanent as as long as Republicans remain focused on common sense values that Trump championed for the GOP moving forward. He also noted that most people in the Hispanic community do not spend all day on Twitter following establishment media figures, orders, but instead they just live life based on common sense. Folks, they don't. They are not lazy people. They don't sit on social media. They don't TikTok. They don't tweet all day. They don't do none of that. These people work their ass off, folks. 60 to 70 plus hours a week. Those are the ones. That's the type of generation that I miss in this country. Because those people need to come back to the country. I don't know where they are hiding or uh, if they're gone, but they need to come back. In closing here, Rubio also said that the left has abandoned that type of an agenda that the Hispanic community values. And what the Hispanic community value is President Trump for doing a lot of things based on common sense. In their mind, it made all the sense in the world. They don't understand why their side is against it. And then working class values, most of these people here don't care what you do with your life. They don't want to tell you how to live your life, who to marry, who to love, and so forth. But you're asking them to abandon three or 4,000 years of accumulated human wisdom because a handful of crazy professors that have convinced people, folks, every day or everything that we knew was true is no longer true on things like gender, on this or that. These guys, folks, just got turned off by all that. The the Democrats, they just lost a huge, 
hit Hispanic base because of what they're doing. And I think it accelerated through the summer on the pandemic and the rioting and all of that. I think that shift is permanent unless we as Republicans go back to being who we used to be, then we give these people no political home. No political home. It's up to you guys. It's up to you. If you want to get your country back from the tyranny, from the socialist agendas, the communist uh, uh, ordeals, the craziness, the rioting, the, the everything. If you want your country the way it was, secured under President Trump, well, you know what to do in 2024, folks. And that's my closing. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night on Instagram Live. Remember, folks, if you miss Instagram Live, it will be formatted to its audio version on all podcast platforms everywhere, including Spotify, Apple, Google, now on podbay.fm, Buzzsprout, uh, Breaker, all different types of major podcast platforms were out there, folks, including our social media uh, pages, the Facebook page, the Patriot Angle Podcast, and also on our Instagram page, Patriot Angle Podcast. Check us out on those social media uh, platforms, folks. Like us and follow us. And don't forget to hit the little alarm clock icon on that so you can get up-to-date notifications on your phone or iPhone or any other type of listening device that you may choose to listen to. Thank you very much, folks, and we'll see you tomorrow night on Instagram Live. You just heard an episode of the Patriot Angle Podcast at Anchor Platform.